Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Need to clarify something. Kelly asked me to do like a 10-minute Devo talk. The order of worship I got last night said sermon. I'm not sure what this is going to be today, but somewhere in between, I guess. Um, so I just want to set your expectations. So it's, it's good to be here with you this morning. I hope you've all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's, uh, we've had a great family time with our family. And then as Jansen said this morning, it's good to be back together with our family here. Um, Brian, I appreciate your prayer this morning. It was just an affirmation to me of what God has put on my heart to speak about today. And it's that God is in control of everything. This is his world and not ours. And that's when I um, started thinking about what I wanted to talk about today. That was the first thing that came to my mind. And we're going to be in Ecclesiastes looking at that a little bit. Um, that this is God's world. Whatever, and I'm going to start with my punchline here. Whatever 2022 throws at us, good or bad, God has already seen it. And he's already conquered it. He's already walked through in the lives of so many people in history everything that is going to come in 2022. And to me, that's our comfort and our hope. And that's what we have to focus on is our hope in Christ that God has given us Christ in the end of everything. And, and that's all we can rely on. So we're going we're gonna to be in Ecclesiastes a little bit this morning um, for this Devo talk. Um, I, I, I went to this verse, I think, as I sat down, I just kind of started praying about what to talk about. And the first, this is the first verse that came to my mind, Ecclesiastes 1.9. It says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. So I'm 45 and I've seen certain amount of things in my life, but again, God has seen it all. And to me, that just brought comfort to know that um, this is God's world. And I'm not always good at letting him in and letting him be a part of everything that I'm doing, whether it's a work decision or, or, a, or a family decision or a friend decision or just whatever I'm doing with my time. I'm reminded of this to let God in because he has walked through all of this and he is our creator and he made us so that he can walk alongside us and get us through whatever, whatever we face. Um, the writer of Ecclesiastes addresses essentially everything we do in life. And I'll give you a little, my history with Ecclesiastes. The only other time I've taught it was in night, summer of 1997. Brian Hanna and myself and several others were youth interns for Gary Cohorn. And Brian and I taught Sunday morning classes. And Gary said, y'all are going to teach on Ecclesiastes. And if you've ever tried to teach Ecclesiastes to high school kids on a Sunday morning, there's not a greater challenge. They do agree that everything is meaningless, so that part was easy. <laughs> but you've got to get to the end of Ecclesiastes to see it all, right? So the writer talks about several different things in here, and essentially they're all meaningless without God, and it's everything we do with our lives. So uh, a couple quick hitters here, Wisdom and Folly, chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. Wisdom and folly. Wisdom, good, things to good thing to have. But without God, without godly wisdom, it's meaningless. He's, the writer speaks of pleasure, seeking pleasure. Chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, 
and this was the reward for all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Our lives, oftentimes, we spend a lot of time seeking pleasure, and that's great. God wants us to have pleasure. He wants us to have joy and laughter and fun things. But if we don't do it as God of the sinner, it's meaningless. He speaks of toil and success, chapter 2, verses 21. For a man may do his work with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then he must leave all he owns to someone who has not worked for it. This, too, is meaningless and a great misfortune. So a few examples there of all things I think we all experience every day in our lives. Work, success, toil, pleasure, seeking wisdom, folly. We all have these things in our lives every day. And we can go about our day and just do it ourselves, or we can invite God in. And that's the greater way, right? And that's our approach. If you look over in Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 3, that's our approach to God is with humility. We go into our lives, into these things that we have to do with humility before God, knowing that he is in control. And we approach God by, it says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. And I love this verse. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. He is greater than us. He is in heaven. Go to him and, and lean on him. As a dream comes when there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. So the writer sets this up of everything we do is meaningless without God. And, and that's, the, that's the conclusion. Um, Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14, the last two verses. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So as I look at the year coming up, and I wonder, what does it hold? And I, you probably are thinking the same thing. Maybe you are in a place where you're hoping for a better year than, than last year. Or you're looking to be a better you than you were last year. You have anticipation for new experiences. Excitement for new opportunities. Hope for better relationships or maybe a plan for better health. Or you may come in on the other end and maybe not as optimistic. Maybe you have fear of the unknown and wondering what else could go wrong. Or doubt about your capabilities or where you are headed. Or maybe sadness about brokenness in your life. So wherever you fall on the spectrum, the message is that God has seen it already. And he has created you to seek him because he is a God who provides. I saw a sign in town recently on a marquee that said, um, we are counting on you 2022. And that's good to be hopeful. But changing of the calendar in just a new year doesn't create any change. All it does is give us a day of, I'm going to think of some things that I might do better this year, but how are we going to get that done? And the only way to have newness in your life is to seek God and his son who he gave us 
who is the only true newness that we can have. So we have a God who provides, Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to make a kind of list of just a reminder for us of what God has done in the lives of Bible characters, those that we have studied and learned about our whole lives, and what they've walked through and how he saw them through it. First, I'll just hit, with, hit on Adam and Eve, and then I'll just kind of run through the list here. Um, they, had, they had a perfect life, right? They're in the garden. They're eating what they wanted. They're naming animals. Um, they're walking with God. And then sin entered. Temptation, deception. They learned to deceive, so they, they go to deceive God. And he has to discipline them. So he is going to banish them from the garden to hard work, to childbearing. But what I love about what God does is that in the midst of their failings, in the midst of their hard year, verse 321, he takes care of them again before he sends them out of the garden. It says, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. He didn't just send them out in their sin and in their brokenness and say, get out of my presence. He said, I'm still going to take care of you. Here's some clothes. And he did that because if you look up in verse 3-1, they were afraid because they were naked. He knew he was, ta- he was addressing their fear of what was to come and what the state of their life was because of their brokenness. And he still took care of them. He clothed them before he sent them out. And I love that. It's, it's, that's the beauty of our God who provides for us in the midst of whatever we're facing, whatever we've done or whatever the world's external pressures has done to us. So... Just listen to this list, and maybe some of these will resonate with you, some of them maybe not, but it is our world. Maybe you are like Abraham, that you're being tested by God. And God provided for Abraham in his faithfulness by providing a ram. Or maybe you're like Noah, you're being ridiculed for your faith or your life or your beliefs or whatever. And he was proven faithful by his steadfastness, his endurance. Joseph, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, a life full of injustice, a life that just things kept getting thrown at him. And he probably was a little spoiled little brother, so he had some of it coming, I guess. But a life of injustice, and God redeemed him and put him in a place of honor so that he could provide salvation to his brothers, who are the next on the list. A life full of jealousy, murderous hatred towards their brother, greed. And what did God do for for his brothers? He still saved their family. He brought their brothers back to Joseph who could save them and redeemed their family, saved them from famine and hunger. David, a a, a man after God's own heart, the lineage of Christ, a man who murdered, who had adultery, and God used him in in Christ's lineage. Um, The story of Ruth, love this Love the story of Ruth. Experienced loss of loved ones, loss of her husband. Family fell apart. She stood, stood strong by her family. Faced poverty. And she was redeemed by the kindness of Boaz. You have Jonah who was running and hiding from God. Maybe, you're, maybe that's you. You've been running and hiding from God. And he's going to seek you out. And he's the God of second chances. And he gave it to Jonah. You have Daniel, persecuted for his beliefs, stood strong, said, I'm not going to bow to the 
the political pressures around me, I'm going to continue to pray to my God. And he was saved because of his faithfulness. Maybe it's disease and sickness you face, like Naaman. And his pride, he didn't want to go get in the dirty river. But he had to do it to be saved. He had to do it to be cleansed. You have Paul. Most of these are Old Testament, I've thought of. But Paul, a murderer, persecutor of Christians. And he became a messenger of the gospel. You have Mary, demon-possessed sinner. And she became a friend of Jesus. So as we go into 2022... We have to make our plans with God in mind and know that he is the God that provides for us. And that what we face, what we do, the, the victories, the defeats, he's already done it. He's already overcome it. And he's done it now with Jesus, with Jesus in our lives. He, Jesus is the one that provides newness, that provides, um, provides our hope. So as I close up, I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And that's really not just the turning of the year. It is every day in the life of Christians. The old has gone, yesterday is gone, and the new has come today, and the new is Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus, if he's not part of your life... He needs to be. Um, That's the only hope we have, is believing that he is God's son and putting him on in in baptism, putting him on in in every aspect of our lives. Um, So let's pray. Father God, we bow before you and we just thank you for creating newness in your son. We thank you, God, that you have walked along beside really everyone you've ever created. And you have... You are willing and able and waiting for us to invite you in to walk us through our lives. We thank you for the hope we have in Jesus, and I just pray a blessing on your children in this world, God, that I know you love each one of us, that we will reach out to you and seek you throughout this next year, God, but just every day, one day at a time, that we go to you and let you be our guide and let you be our our God. And it's in the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.